Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting System presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called A Night to Forget. Excuse me. It's dark in here. Find the doggone lights. Where's the lights? There aren't any lights, John H. Who's that? It's me. What'd you say about the lights? I said there aren't any lights. There's got to be. Not in here, John H. Who's in this, Studio 15? You kidding? This is the morgue. was last night. I think it was a dream. I remember I went to bed early because I had to get up so early this morning to get that stuff to Ted before he takes off for California. I, I drank a bottle of ginger ale with some lemon juice. I read Variety for about 15 minutes. Then I went to sleep. Must have been uh, no later than 10.30. Then this happened. I... You know how it is sometimes when you get in a dream and you don't think you're dreaming, and when you wake up, you wonder whether it happened or not? Well, I was walking down the hall to Studio 15 for this broadcast, and when I went in, it was all dark. And I stumbled around, trying to find the lights, and I hit my shin on something, and then this voice in the dark talked to me. You kidding? This is the morgue. I'd be, I'd be darned if I can figure it out. I think it was a dream, all right. But my shin hurts where I barked it. It's all black and blue. I woke up, and I lay there quite a while. You know, half dopey, trying to figure it out. I turned the lights on finally, and I was right there in my room with my shin hurting me. I know I hadn't been out of bed because I was all wound up in the covers. And I... I couldn't get back to sleep again. You know how it is? You have a nightmare and you're afraid to go back to sleep because you might have another one, uh, a worse one. Well, listen. I was just lying there in my own room with the lights on, looking at the ceiling and trying to think. And it began to get dark. No, the, the lights didn't go out. I could see the lights. But it was dark. Everything just sort of uh, faded, uh, like in a movie, you know? And pretty soon it was black dark. I tried to get up, but I couldn't. And I just, I just lay there, flat on my back, in the dark and the silence, and I was scared. Doesn't he look nice? Beautiful. 
He's got that blue and white shirt on that I gave him. I wish I could have got that tie from him in time. I always liked that tie. It is pretty. He certainly looks nice. Certainly does. Look, will you two please get out of my room? What'd you say, John H.? I, I said get out of my room. Why, this isn't your room, John H. Now, look. Of course it isn't. Now, look, if I have to get up and chase you out of here. Right, John H. You know you can't get off. Of course you can't. You're dead, John H. And then it, it got, well, undark. And pretty soon it was just the same as it was before I, I fell asleep. If I did fall asleep. Look, I'm a, I'm a hard-headed guy, even if I do work on super, uh, supernatural radio shows. You don't want to believe this stuff. You go nutty. Only, well, sometimes... I always sleep in pajamas. Both halves. I put on my pajamas when I went to bed last night. Red and white striped Textron. Yeah. Well, when I woke up, or when it got undark again, I was wearing a blue and white shirt I never saw in my life. And I was wearing a hand-painted Countess Mara necktie that I never saw before either. So this is too good. Somebody's playing funny jokes on me. I love practical jokers. In a pig's eye, I do. Radio's full of practical jokers. All sorts of bum gags, like Don Amici used to do when he was a radio actor. You used to be reading a commercial, giving it this and that. Don would come up behind you and start to take your coat off. Well, you know you can't stop. You're on the air and you have to make with this thing. So you'd wiggle around. The first thing, you'd have your coat. Then he'd... Unbutton your suspender buttons. Take off your necktie. You can't do a thing but keep that old smile in your voice and go about locked in goodness and please, Mrs. Housewife, buy the large economy size and holding onto your pants with one hand and it's all very, very funny. Especially if the sponsor's sitting there in the booth looking at you. So I say to myself, some practical joker. Only I add a couple of adjectives to that. Only thing is... How did he get the lights to go out? I I lie there a while and I think and I try to figure it out. And I I shut my eyes, I guess. Anyway, when I opened them, it was dark again. I am walking around in the dark. And the ground is is springy underfoot. There's a cool wind blowing. What are those things? Those those white things. Why, they look like gravestones. They are gravestones. Will you stand to one side, please, John H.? Uh, uh, excuse me. I gotta get to work, see? This is an extra special rush job. I gotta get it done right away. Uh, uh, uh did you say something, John H.? Uh, I was just gonna ask you, what is this place? My goodness, John H., this is a cemetery. Cemetery? Certainly. Would you move your foot a little? What am I doing in a cemetery? What do people usually do in a cemetery, John H.? 
there it was. Laid out in chalk on the gravestone. John H. And I shut my eyes. When I opened up again, I was I was lying on my bed. I well, you know what people mean when they say their their mind reels. Oh boy, I do. I rubbed my eyes and I felt like sand on my fingers. It wasn't sand, though. It was marble dust. so she'd say that, didn't they? All right, that's the way I figured it, too. So, this was about 11.30. At half past 12, the manager of the hotel called me on the phone. I hate to wake you up at this hour of the night, John H., but I thought maybe radio registry or somebody might have called you and couldn't get you, see? And I know how important it is for people on the radio to get their calls. And... What are you talking about? Why, I just thought you might want to call registry and see if they've been trying to get you, see? I don't get it. Oh, excuse me. See, uh, something happened to our telephones about 10 o'clock, and nobody's been able to get a call in or out of the hotel since then. And I... Well, maybe my 
the manager, too. But, but this morning when I came downstairs, I, I found he wasn't kidding. The phones had been out for two hours and a half. Well, something blew up in the switchboard or something. Now, that's carrying a practical joke an awful long ways, isn't it? Yeah. That's one night I won't forget, believe me. Yeah, but I gotta stop this kind of talk. And this kind of thinking. I will forget it. Heck, it was probably a lot of nightmares. I'm gonna stop drinking ginger ale before I go to bed. Well, anyway, I, I saw Ted and gave him the stuff and he got away to California, okay? I, I thought I had a hunch that if this was a gag, Ted might have had a hand in it. So I made a few cracks, but he didn't give it a tumble, you know, like he would if he'd had anything to do with it. He can go just so far with a gag and then he can't keep his face straight. But he, he didn't fall for any of my hints at all. So, uh, man, I gotta forget it. But just for laughs, when I see that Al April, I'm gonna make him show me that sound effects pistol. <laughs> Believe me. So then I went and did my commercial. The guy from the agency was there. He had the renewal of my contract with him, so... Well, anyway, after I signed it and, and he signed it, I'm not going to hold auditions for my job tomorrow. So, like they say on the radio, here we are at the bottom of the well. This is no dream. This is the hallway that goes down to Studio 15. And there's Miss Rose. Hello, Miss Rose. Through the door. There's the drinking fountain on the left. And the lights are turned on. It's bright. Yeah, early today. I'm going to be here early so I can talk to Al April and look at that sound effects gun. I'm not dreaming now. Sit down here at the table where I can spread out the catalog. Listen, mister. 
Deeth, or whatever your name is, this gag has gone just about far enough. Why, what gag, Johnny? Your gag, my friend's gag. I'm tired of it. Suppose you scram. What are you talking about, Johnny? I don't indulge in gags. Not in my business. And what is your business, Mr. Death, pronounced Deeth? I don't know whether you're trying some of your radio humor on me, John H. You drag me all the way down from the Bronx to let you pick out a coffin. A coffin? You think I'm in the grocery business? Listen, I... Now, this one here, you wouldn't want. Man as well-known and uh, prosperous as you, John H., you, you wouldn't want to be found dead in this one. <laughs> no, sir, you wouldn't be found dead in it. Hey? Look, Buster, I don't want a coffin. Ah, then why did you sign an order for one and pay a substantial down payment? I didn't. All right, all right. Well, let's get this settled. Uh, uh, this model, uh, 23, codename Tired. This will set you back uh, 441 uh, 23 cents. Tax included, of course. I don't want it. Uh, something a little more expensive, perhaps, eh? Ah, here's a dandy. Codename Sleepy. Solid rosewood... Well, practically solid. Hand-polished silver alloy handles, nylon lining in your choice of color. I don't want it. Okay. Okay. Ah. Well, what do you know about this for a coincidence? Huh? By George, I didn't know this model was in the book. Look at that. What? Look at the code name. Code name? John H. Is that a job? You know, I haven't seen this model yet. Look how it's streamlined. Plastics, too. The latest thing. Real built-in factory engineered dependability. Finest model we've ever made. And look, it's fireproof. And that coincidence about the code name, the, uh, the, the John H. Uh, you know what, John H.? You'll be the very first user of this latest model. Stand up. What for? My goodness, this is a made-to-measure job, John H. Nothing too good for you famous radio people. <laughs> Stand right up there. That's it. Now, let me see. Uh, dimension A. My, you have broad shoulders, don't you? Now, let me put this down. There. Listen, mister, please, I... I'm going to get it absolutely right, John H. I tell you, I can hardly wait to see you in it. Stand still. Listen, this has gone far enough. Just hold the tape, Major. Now, now, let me see. Uh, uh, three inches above your head. Now, uh, six feet, four inches. Ah, I didn't realize you were that tall, John H. Uh, how much do you weigh? Well, let's see. Uh, I, I've lost 17 pounds since I went on the diet. My, my. You must tell me about that. If we have time. 17 pounds. Yes, uh, and that makes it... Uh, 191. Uh, uh, oh, my gracious, I can save you a little money then. The oversized models carry a 4% discount, you see. The little ones are harder to make. You're very fortunate, John H., now, huh? as a plaque on the lid. Uh, see here? Yeah. Now, well, we can engrave that with any large emblem or, uh, you know, any odd fellow or a moose or anything like that. 
<laughs> you are a big fellow, and I suppose you could say in slang that you're a big moose. <laughs> Get it? No. The only thing I belong to is the lambs. Lambs? Lambs. Oh, my, John H., I, I really don't think we could do that. Uh, you see, we uh, carry all the well-known emblems in stock, but uh, the lambs, we'd... Uh, have to have that engraved, and I'm terribly afraid there won't be time. Huh? Oh, you said it was a rush job, remember? Matter of fact, it's tonight, isn't it? What's tonight? When you ought to be killed. If I remember correctly, you said in your note with the order that a sound effects pistol was... Mr. The... D, did, did I write that? Well, I couldn't swear to it in court, of course, John H., but somebody wrote it, and your name was signed to it. Well, look, I'll write my name. Uh, is that the signature? Absolutely identical, John H. Yes, sir, absolutely identical. <laughs> I remember the curlic you was on the H. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, it's perfectly simple. You're going to die, and you need a respectable, refined, late model coffin, that's all. Uh, are you sure I'm going to die? Cheer up, John H. Of course you're going to. <laughs> You know, I, I, I heard that before. Yeah, it's all over town. Tonight. That's what you said. By a, by a shot from a, a sound effects pistol. I saw it in your own handwriting. How did I know, Mr. D? Uh, I'm sure I don't know, Johnny. Isn't, isn't there any way out of it? Uh, don't ask me. I'm just a salesman. And you're just a customer. Not that I don't enjoy listening to you on the radio, John H. I really do. And I must say that you're going to be a great loss to the uh, uh, art, science, pro profession. What, what, what do you call it? It's a living. A uh, living. And uh, now it's a dying. <laughs> Mustn't mind my little jokes, John H. <laughs> I'm an inveterate joker. <laughs> Is this... One of your jokes? Oh, no, John. This is strictly business. Now, uh, uh, did, did you want to give me a check for the remainder now? Well, I... I, I think possibly that'd be wisest, considering that, uh, well, you know how long it takes to get money out of an estate. Now, look, uh, what if I don't die? Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Well, what if I don't? Well, you will eventually, John H., and uh, at least we'd have time to engrave anything you wanted on the plaque. No, uh... Oh, excuse me. Uh, is uh, this the gentleman that's going to shoot you? Huh? Oh. Hello, Al. Hi, John H. <laughs> well, you get killed again tonight. <laughs> I do, huh? Yeah. Says here you do. Uh, how do I get killed this time, Al? Get shot. I see. Uh, excuse me, Mr. D. Certainly. Is he the one? He's the sound man. Al April. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Uh, say, Al. Yeah? You, you ever have any accidents with those guns? <laughs> no. How could you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what kind of accidents? Really, 
shooting somebody. And with these things? <laughs> no. Look, in the first place, they're loaded with blanks. In the second place, there ain't any place for the bullet to come out, if there was one. And in the third place, I always shoot him at the floor. So how could I shoot somebody? I was just wondering. You know, I always wondered how you do sound effects on the air. This is most interesting. Uh, this is Mr. Deeth, Al. Uh, how are you, Mr. Deeth? Your face looks familiar. You in radio? Oh, my, no. I'm a salesman. Oh, can, can I look at the guns, Al? Sure. Which one you're going to use on the show? Uh, this one. See, what's the matter with you, John H.? I'm a little nervous, I guess, Al. Uh, <laughs> thought you was on the wagon. <laughs> well, I am. I'm just a little nervous, I guess. Let's see the bullets. Uh, they're not bullets. Blanks. Well, the blanks. Hmm. Here. How do you load it? Oh, give it to me. There. Can I shoot it? Sure. What do you want to shoot it for? Well, I... I got to make sure of something. John H. is sure he's going to be shot tonight. Yeah, that's right, Al. I, I just want to test out these shells. Well, that's silly because... Well, go ahead. But don't point it at me. Well, I thought you said you couldn't shoot anybody with it. Well, you know, the wadding. It stings, kind of. You'd, you'd use these... Same shells on the show, huh? Sure. What you scared of? I just... I just, uh... I got a hunch, Al. Well, those are the same shells I'll use on the show. Go ahead and shoot. I'm gonna get set up. Okay, Al. You ask for it. Hey, don't point that gun at me. <laughs> Doggone it. Hey, I told you about that wadding. It stings. Doggone it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Al. You shot me. There, Mr. Deeth. Why, John H., you killed him. That's right. So I'm not going to die after all. Take your coffins and get out of here. Why, don't be silly, John H. Of course you're going to die. I am not. Why, certainly you are. You murdered poor Al in cold blood, and they'll send you to the electric chair. Yeah? <laughs> How are they going to do that? They won't have any witnesses except you Why, and... Why, I... John H., how foolish. What about the people listening to you on the radio? Goodness, John H., don't you know you're on the air? story you have listened to is A Night to Forget. Willis Cooper writes and directs Quiet Please, and John H., the man who spoke to you, was Ernest Chappell. And James Monks played Mr. Deef. Al April was played by Murray Forbes. And the sound effects on the show were played by Al April. Others in the cast were Jack Tyler, Kermit Murdoch, Lon Clark, and Polly Cole. Original music for Quiet, Please, as usual, is played by Albert Berman. Now for a word about next week's Quiet, Please, here's our writer-director, Willis Cooper. 
Tonight's show was the 40th in the series of Quiet, Please. Next week, for the 41st, I think I'll call the show after the name of our series. Let's call it Quiet, Please. And so, until next week at the same time, and Quiet, Please, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. comes to you from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.